Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend, my co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, good to see you. You as well, man. Um, I, I know that we kind of start with weather a lot, but I'm always just curious as to what's going on out there because we went from like winter yeah. to August, right? Yesterday, like stormy, humid, 90 degrees, and a week ago, 45. Like, I, yeah. it just, it blows my mind. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that you have that. I, I at, <laughs> at the beginning of my week, I had, I got eight inches of snow on my, my lawn and I played golf the week before twice. And then I have eight inches of snow and it's like, wait, what are we doing here? Yeah. But luckily for me, my weather goes the other way. It just gets colder. It doesn't get hot and humid, which I, you can, you can keep all the humidity. Yeah. Um, trying to get outside and do things and like projects outside. It's awesome. Right. It's like spring. is awesome. It's refreshing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, let's bring this to the point of the podcast, right? Like the, for me, why I love Minnesota is the seasons, right? It's like, there's, there are four distinct seasons this year. Maybe not. Right. We went from, from winter to summer and that's a little bit frustrating, but I, like, I'm just energized by change. And yeah. I think Yos, who we have on the podcast is also, and we speak to that today about how maybe boredom might be a, a motivator, right? Maybe change might be a motivator, even in the face of potential insecurity. I said his name already, but that's not actually his name. It's just how we know him. John, how, did, how do you connect with Yos? Yeah, Joseph Hodge is the person we're talking about. He goes by Yos. I, I'm sure he goes by Joseph or Joe also, but not in our world. He is... a. Uh, from Thief River, um, our time back in Thief River when we lived there, um, met him. I got to work with his with his mom for a lot of years, and um, he plays a lot of golf. Which so I've gotten the opportunity to play golf with him several times, and and we've just stayed in touch throughout the years. Um, and not that long ago, he was with us in Florida on a sailboat, you know, for a couple of days, and um, just a, a really interesting story that he has. Um, some ups, some downs and, and a lot of really good stuff. And and he's willing to share it today. And it's a little different perspective than what we have kind of been in this line of sports and sport performance, but it all kind of comes full circle in this conversation too. Well, and that's the thing that I, I mentioned as we were kind of debriefing is like, Hey, it's amazing how connective and how connected all of this stuff is. Right. I think when you, when you read something like start with why by Simon Sinek or, um, you know, dare to lead by Brene Brown. And they talk about, start with your values, right? Start with who you are and what your values are. You know, who we are, what, what eyes up mindset podcast and live eyes up is about by the, the types of conversations we continually come back to. Right. And all of the stuff that we come to in this episode is stuff we we're coming back to that we're revisiting, but now we're putting on the lens of a business owner, an entrepreneur, a life lens rather than a sport performance lens. And it, again, 
it's all kind of the same and yet it's so varied right it's so applicable across contexts and it comes back to like a value system that i that i really appreciate no doubt we got better today you will get better as well here we go we now welcome on a good friend of mine and jamie you've met him a couple of times joseph hodge if you're listening to this and you're like, who in the heck is Joseph Hodge? You also might know him as Yost because that's how I know him. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> think I've ever called you Joseph before, but I uh, might start doing that. It's going to be weird. Welcome to the podcast, man. Um, we've been <laughs> Thanks for having me. We've been talking about having you on. Uh, mostly you've been like, hey, how come I haven't been on? And... <laughs> The more that I thought about it, the more I was really excited and to, to share some of your stories and kind of your journey and because you've done some really cool stuff in your life and I'm excited to, to have this conversation with you. Yeah, me too. So right now, let's start present day. Fargo Joe, I don't know if you go by that or not, but selling real estate, you were just talking about how you put up some listings, you're um, doing oh. showing. Uh-oh, you there? Oh, there we go. Yep. That's back. something going on with my internet. Okay. So I was just, I was just talking present day. You're selling real estate as of right now. Talk, talk a little bit about that and kind of where we're at in, in the real estate world. Uh, I kind of got going in that. Uh, we were at happy hour one day and I was making fun of a friend of mine who's a realtor and um, my, anyone could be a realtor. So that night I signed up for the class that I needed to take and went at the training and then like a little bit later I was like hey I got my real estate license let's do this everyone was like he's not gonna take this seriously I did I hit the ground running um started doing it I was like wow this is probably the first job I've ever done that I actually enjoy and uh present day I listed uh 10 houses in the last two weeks and put an offer on a nice lake home yesterday and I don't know had uh last year was amazing uh that was my third year I think this is my fourth so so I, I get the impression that you're not a type of person that backs down from a challenge right uh you know you kind of yeah. you threw out the challenge the hey yeah. anybody can be a realtor and then it prompts this series of thoughts for you like why couldn't i do that exactly. talk to me about talk to me about why or how you've built up kind of this risk tolerance that you know isn't a normal natural thing i think a lot of people have a you know, it, it's, there's a spectrum obviously, but most yeah. people land on the risk aversion side. You clearly don't. What, where did that go? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I just, from, uh, having work ethic from growing up, I started working in like fifth grade, uh, family owned a business and, um, I don't know. I get bored kind of easy. So this is like always changing and that's why I probably, I've owned quite a few businesses. After a while, I just end up selling them because I'm like, oh, this is boring. So I don't know. Real estate's always challenging, changing, like trying to get clients is super hard. Uh, marketing is probably the toughest thing. Everything else is fairly easy. Like really all you need to do is be there to help people. My whole thing is like clients needs are first. 
I'll do whatever I need to do to get the deal done for them in their best interest though. And I don't know, just communicating with people and the interaction, I think really like maintains it to like stay up there, like not being boring. It's interesting that you say I get bored because I think a lot of people would say there's security in owning a business that is known and comfortable and it's, is in a place of, you know, maybe well to do whatever it's like, again, it's not a natural tendency to leave the safety thing. I think, you know, and I think about performance and, and mental performance specifically, so much of our behavior is driven by our natural instincts geared towards survival and security, right? Those two base needs are, are the drivers of much of what we do. Again, not what I'm hearing from you. I'm just (laughs) curious as to, as to why you think that that is more who you are where, okay, boredom is boredom takes precedent over security, which is just a really interesting thing. And another thing is like when you get a business to a certain point, like what else is there to do? You can just coast, maintain and slowly maybe gain. Like when you're at a certain level, like how far more can you go up? Uh, Then I'm bored. I want something like challenging that keeps, keeps me thinking and uh, I don't know, the last business I had was a liquor store uh, that seven years uh, got the sales pretty, pretty good up. And somebody came in and asked me if it was for sale. And I was like, everything's for sale. He said, how much? Told him a price. He said, send me some financials. And then we had a deal. Sounds pretty simple. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. I'm sure. And I think. You're right, Jamie. I, I have known Yost for a, for a long time from when we lived in Thief River. He's he's from Thief River Falls, Minnesota, which we've had people on from there before, and we've talked about our time there. Um, but Yost, take take us back to, you said you grew up in a family business. And right. what, what was that like growing up in that and then eventually being responsible for it? <laughs> well, uh started off young, fifth grade, like I said earlier, and uh every weekend had to work from fifth grade till even like freshman year of college, I'd go home some weekends, even pretty much all through college, some weekends I'd go home, especially if they needed someone. So and then all summer, like I would work all the time. Um so that was kind of like eh, like talking to people now, they're like, Oh, we went to the lake in the summer we did this in the, on the weekends. I'm like, Oh, I worked. I made money. I could buy anything I wanted. Like when you're in school and you show up to school and you got like $200 in cash, everyone's like, geez, back then that was a lot of money. Now it's nothing. Right. Um, so, uh, then, uh, I was in college at UND and, uh, graduated in 2005 uh, in December, my father passed away in November. So then I took over the family business, uh, remodeled the whole hotel, um, remodeled the bar, turned that into Yosa's Bar and Grill. That was fun. Um, and then, I don't know, it just uh, kind of got sick of it. And it was long hours, a lot of work. That was just too much. No time off. Yeah. Uh, no real traveling of any sorts. You always were like married to the business. So that wasn't, I don't know. It was okay. And then uh, joined city council actually, or not joined, ran for city council, beat out the incumbent. 
And uh, I really liked that. That was enjoyable because that was like something different all the time. You're always learning something. And sold the hotel. I took a year off. I golfed like 54 holes a day that summer, did some traveling. And I was under a three handicap. It was awesome. <laughs> now I suck. Um, <laughs> then after that, I started my uh, MBA. Got that done in, I think, 2015. Yeah, sold in 2011 or 2014, maybe. Moved to Fargo in 2013. And then didn't know what I was going to do. So I was just hanging out, partying a little bit. Um, really had no clue what my plans were. And there was a liquor store for sale. I'm like, ah, that sounds good. So I bought it. Um, I don't know. It was an okay business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you really realize the problems with alcohol, especially during COVID. Yeah. Even like throughout the seven years, so many like customers like quit coming around because they died. Um, hmm. Like alcohol is obviously the worst substance for anyone. Yeah. I think. So I, I, it's interesting to hear you talk about going back to working every weekend growing up and throughout high school. And I, I, I think, I mean, we talk a lot about sports and athletes and coaches and, and what are they either willing to, or what do they have to give up to reach their full potential? And, and for athletes, a lot of times it's, it's similar, right? Yeah. Their work is working out, training, going to camps, doing all those sorts of things. But then they get to a point where they are far beyond their peers because of those things. And yes, they didn't get to go to the lake every weekend or whatever it was, but now you're at a position where, you know, you're relatively young. I mean, older than us, but you're relatively young, <laughs> but, but you've bought and sold multiple businesses and you kind of have started to create the life that you really want for yourself. Whereas a lot of your peers are still building their careers, trying to figure it out doing that, that thing. And you, you got a head start because of all of those years of working. Right. And, yep. and I, it's, it's just so much parallels athletic field where it's like, you have to be willing or you have to be put in a spot where you have to sacrifice things. And, and I think knowing you enough, I know some of it was willing and, and obviously some of it was, that was your responsibility because of the situation. You know, you talked about your, your dad passing yeah. away and, you had to take on that responsibility. So um, I think it's, it, it's just interesting. I don't have a question in there. I don't, Jamie, hopefully you can <laughs> save me, but I, I was just thinking about that and how you have built all those skills from a young age and the sacrifices that it really does take, no matter what we're talking about that uh, to accomplish. Oh yeah. That. Even uh, like prom senior year went out that like after prom, obviously I uh, ended up getting home. I don't know, like six something in the morning. Who opens the door at eight? My dad. You're working at nine. You were on the schedule. I was still drunk. And he yeah. made me go to work. He was just like, nope, you feel like crap. That's what you got to do. He was just like, you're going to learn. If you have a responsibility, you need to do it. And that's all. I don't know. I've just always been like that. If you have work to do, do it. I don't care what time it is. I'll throw listings on at midnight because that's the, because you have to list the house that day of the contract so i'm like midnight it is just to get it out there right away well i think you know one of the the concepts that jocko willing talks about a lot is this idea of discipline equals freedom right and i look at i look at a life you know your dad kind of imposed some discipline 
discipline there is what it sounds like, right? But, but at some point you you kind of assimilate that, right? You become that thing. And now I say, you know, I ask the question, what like security versus boredom, right? What what really is that choice? It's a choice founded in the freedom to do what you want because you understand, okay, I have the discipline to start something new. I have the discipline to, to jump back in the next time. Talk to us about how you view that, that freedom of choice and where, you know, I think, you know, I spoke to a little about where that comes from, but how do, how do you view that in your personal life? Like, I'd rather just do what I choose to do. And how do you think, I mean, a lot of people don't have that flexibility. Yeah. Well, I just, I don't know. I've always learned like the more money you have, the more freedom to do what you want and the harder you work, hopefully the more money you can make to do that. And, uh, but with like, when I got into real estate, I'm like my first commission check, I was just like, Oh my God, this is awesome. This money is sweet. And then just continually doing it. Uh, my friend Erica was training me along and really all you'd learn is like, yeah, the money is whatever. Like if you just are a good person, like helping people and everything else will just flow. So really like the last two, three years, I've just been like, well, the more people I can help, like, obviously that's the more deals I'll make. And the more people I help, uh, the more freedom I'll have, like, Oh, I'll go on vacation. Oh, I'm going to go to Arizona. Like this winter, I flew to Arizona. Um, came back and then flew back the next day. So, I don't know. <laughs> we wanted to stay longer. So. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I agree. I think, you know, you talk about making money and, and working hard usually correlates, you know, those two things. And again, it's, it's performance. Are you willing to put in the time to build the skills that you need? And I think one thing that has struck me about you and you talked about it a little bit kind of in your history, but it's like, it's not a linear path, right? For you, yeah. especially in your <laughs> career. And you've kind of come to this place now where you really enjoy what you're doing and who knows, maybe you'll do it for forever or for a few more years and then you'll find something else. Who knows? But, you know, you kind of started in one direction, got the skills that you needed from that and we're able to pivot and, and do something different. I think there's a lot of people that feel stuck in that. Jamie, you talked about, right, that freedom of choice. So, but there's a lot of people that feel stuck, like, oh, this is what I went to school for. This is what I am going to do. This is what I, I'm, I'm kind of on this path. And now I got to just go do it, right? Yeah. You didn't take that path. And I think Jamie and I, we both have made career changes at, at some point in our lives and and done some different things. But Maybe you can talk a little bit about that if there you have any. Oh, yeah. Um, just for like a lot of people probably just get, um, I don't know, they probably have a family or they have a certain amount of money they need to make. And if they do, it's like if somebody takes the risk to become an agent, like if you don't get a, a sale in the year, you're not making any money, like you're down money. So I think like starting careers like that, I just started it part time. So people always have some sort of like change that they can make, whether it be small or part-time or something on Fiverr. Um, there's always opportunities to do other things. If people want to better their careers, just like if somebody wants to be a better athlete, they can do more training. Like I'm like Pat Perez. I like to eat. I don't work out. 
he's awesome. He just golfs. He just shows up to tournaments, makes some money, <laughs> and goes home. He'll maybe win one here and there or <laughs> do a top 10. But he knows what he probably has to do to compete with the others. And he's just probably just content. I would be if I was in, if I was in the PGA, I'd be uh, working out all the time and stretch like probably mainly stretching. <laughs> well, but you 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 say that, and certainly, I mean, Pat Perez is a professional golfer, and and if you've ever listened to, I mean, a lot of people probably have no idea who that is, but I've listened to him on a lot of interviews and podcasts, and I I love him, and he does remind me of you a little bit and in that there's like this lighthearted we can joke about this thing and and yet there's still a lot of underneath hey but you got to still do the work right that dude still is doing the work you're still doing the work right maybe not on the golf course maybe you just show up and play there but um (laughs) no you still have to do you have to do the work still um yeah and that's that's the cool part about it and then we talk about it all the time it's it's simple it's just not that easy right and if you're willing to do the work you can you can do basically whatever you need to or want to jamie yeah yeah but i think like yeah for sure um you say this as like i think about the fiverr example or the part-time example right there is there is a piece of this that is i'm gonna i'm gonna build in some security right pat perez you talk about pepper he has the security of having a pga tour card right and having the the understanding of his like a deep understanding of his competence right he has a confidence in his ability you know and and i think one of the challenges to take that risk right if if we have a risk aversion rather than a high risk tolerance like you do right our one of our insecurities is like what am i going to do if it doesn't work out right and and i think what i'm hearing from you is you have a deep belief in 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 the fact that I'm going to make it work out. I'm curious where that comes from. Uh, just uh, like you have to fail at things. Otherwise you don't learn. Like you can't just be like, do something. Oh, I did it great. Like there's always setbacks. There's always something. And like, you just have to have a mindset that things like that are going to happen. And you just have to be prepared for when it does. So when it does, you don't just freak out and quit. Like something bad will happen probably in whatever career choice or whatever aspect of your life. Um, you just have to work through it and put your head up and keep going. Do, do you have any of those moments that stand out to you in, in your life? We've had a guest on, he talked about it being hinge moment, right? Like, Hey, this is something where it's something happens in my life and totally changes the direction I'm going good or bad. Right. And we got to learn from it. Do you, any, anything stand out to you in terms of? Um, I don't know. Like probably when I sold the hotel in Thief River, uh, I really was, I didn't do anything for one year. And then I got like a part-time job at UPS because uh, they did tuition reimbursement. Might as well have somebody else pay for your school. Um, but like after those two years, I wasn't going anywhere wasn't doing anything and I was just like oh what am I gonna do and my mom was like you should move to Fargo and I was like all right so I moved to Fargo and started uh trying to figure out what I was gonna do but uh that 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 like after those two years I think um I I was just kind of pretty much lost like I didn't know what I was going to do that was that was pretty much a good setback 
Um, after you graduate, I had a four-year degree, owned my own business for six years. Uh, when you go apply for jobs, um, you, you, you're nothing. Like, they're like, oh, you owned your own business. Like, eh. Like, if, if I had job experience at working for someone, um, would have got a job super easy. Put so many applications in when I moved to Fargo. Well, I'm like, well, my dad always said, you want to make more money and everything. And even Kevin O'Leary, who's awesome. You have to be an entrepreneur on your own business. So that was a, that was a wake up call there. I'm curious about the decision to sell the hotel. It clearly led to some challenging things. And then there's this weight of this has been my family's business. It was my family's legacy in some way in the community, what brings you to that decision beyond I'm bored? You know, I, there's just a oh, lot of one. layers to that, you know, cause it does then lead into a kind of a fallow period, a period of, of looking, searching, finding eventually. But, it, but there, again, there's that, there's that safety net of this is what we've always done. This is what the community knows my family as. And, and I could, and yeah, the bar and grills fun. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so interested because there's a lot of roadblocks for all of us, right? We all have roadblocks in the way you decided to take the step. Not everybody does that. What, what went into that decision-making process, even though there's a lot of in it? Really, it was just long hours. And then uh, I was like, oh, if we sell, like my mom will be set for like retirement sure. and everything. And other than that, like those are the main decisions. Um the community, obviously, I care for the community, but obviously my family comes first. Sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> so that was about that. And then even just even the lifestyle of the long nights and weekends, uh, partying. Like when you own a bar, like people are there and they are drinking and then you're drinking. And I don't know, it was just too much, just too much work and um really like what you could make was pretty much set like you have 78 rooms you have a banquet facility you have a bar like there's only so much you can do in sales I don't know maybe that's probably it too like you get set to a certain point and I'm like oh I want more yeah how do you so that maybe lends itself to why real estate is such a good fit for you, right? Because there, there really is no limit. I mean, certainly, <laughs> certainly your time, right? And geographical challenges, whatever. You know, if you stay in Fargo, you can only sell relatively close to there. But what a, how do you use those skills to kind of help you keep going forward? I, you talk about helping people. That's obviously a big motivator for you. But you also have talked about, hey, I want to make more money to have the freedom to do the things that I want to do and live the life that I want to have. Do you have uh, a system? Do you have goals for yourself? Like, what is what's your process around continuing to to get better? Because clearly, you've gotten it to the point where you could just coast again, but you're not. Yeah. Uh, main motivator is uh, really um, most people always are like, I don't know. It used to be. Um, money like that used to be 100% my goal a couple of years ago pretty much I was just listening to uh, Zero to Diamond Ricky Carruth he's a realtor and he always just says help people he cold calls people 
doesn't even like pressure anything. He just, I'm here to listen. Um, with doing that, I think like business has improved and increased. Uh, other than that, uh, I don't know. Helping people is the number one thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's so interesting when that perspective shift happens. I think John and I have talked about this and maybe not a ton on the podcast, but there was, yeah. there was a world where when we were coaching, right? One of the things we really wanted to do, one of the reasons we wanted to be head coaches, you know, independently or together or whatever is to like have this say, right. To have the control, to have the freedom, right. Which, you know, let's just take this analogy and put it into the real world, like financial freedom gives flexibility, right. Title and authority in a coaching role gives you the flexibility to make the choices that you wanted to make. And I think at the beginning, it absolutely started as like, it would just be so nice to make the choices, right? I want to run this scheme. I want to be this person. Like I want to do X and I can't do it right now because somebody else is in the way. And in time, I, that meant nothing anymore, right? I could care <laughs> yeah. less what scheme we run. I could care less how we do it. The thing that became the most important thing is there are people in front of me that need something that I have, right? They, they, can benefit from the tools that I have gained through hard won experience or because I'm willing to do the work to read or to learn or whatever. And now I get to serve these kids, you know, and hopefully then they have the opportunity to serve their families or their communities as well. I, I, I absolutely empathize with the, like, it used to be this thing and now it is not because it's just way cooler. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's way more fulfilling. Oh, it's crazy. You can be like, like, especially lately in the market. Oh, we have to go over asking. Oh, I only want to go this much. Oh, yeah. I'm like, how much will you go to? Like with an escalation clause, like we'll beat any offer by two grand up to like 260 and say the house was listed at 240. Um, They're like, oh, well, we really want the house. Well, how high do you want to do an escalation clause? Oh, we don't. 10 grand is $56 a month over 30 years at like five and a half percent interest. So you just not want to get the house over 56 bucks. So like knowledge and yeah, experience, like teaching people like that's super enjoyable, especially when they know nothing like first time home buyers, like funnest thing to do. Absolutely best thing ever building a home. That's fun too. Like going to the design meetings and seeing like them choose you give your input on what you've seen, like white cabinets or painted cabinets on the lower cabinets. Stupid. You have kids or a dog. What are you going to do when they paint chip? You got to touch them up and they'll never match. <laughs> Just... <laughs> it, it's, it really is crazy, though. It, it comes back to, and so often we have these conversations, and it comes back to relationship, right? And if we take care of the people around us, they're one, they're going to take care of us and our life. Yes. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be failures. There's going to be hardships. There's going to be hurt illness, whatever. But in the end, like we all raise our ceiling. We all are in a better place and happier if we take care of the people around us. And I think whether you're, you own your own business or you are part of a larger organization, like that still remains true. And I think that that's, it, it's hard to sometimes, especially when you are working in an organization 
to keep that perspective because it's like, oh, we have to do X, Y, and Z. But I don't know. I just think it's it keeps coming back yeah. to that, Jamie. And I, I don't I don't know how to I think the the thing that's interesting to me is the the communication about helping people, right? This thing that we've kind of established as being the the baseline of what we do maybe wasn't there or was there in a completely different way with liquor store bar, you know, how do you look back on that experience now and say, uh, maybe I wasn't helping, maybe I did, but it was, I don't know. I. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a, like when the bar, like everyone who usually came there was super happy, like sociable, having fun uh, with the liquor store, you'd have all different aspects of like people. Uh, some people would be mad, sad, depressed, uh, pregnant, like not cool. <laughs> so yeah. just a lot of things like that. And, um, I don't know. It's tough. Like you just see how much somebody drinks and they don't show up anymore. Well, you essentially killed them because you sold them all that and they drank it all. Obviously they did it themselves, but still makes you feel sad. Yeah. There's an agency question. That's really interesting there that is i would imagine difficult you know it's um like it, it people that know me and I, I was sorry john <laughs> um they know a little bit that we've had some experience with alcoholism and drug abuse and and different things like connected to via via different people in my life and and for a long time i struggled with it being a consequence of my actions or it being like I was somehow responsible for it and like coming to terms with the fact that my agency is not the contributing factor was, was really a difficult thing, especially as a kid, right. Especially as a 22 year old or 23 year old, 24 year old, like not knowing what my role in all of that was and, and the, the ups and downs of that challenge. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm just saying I can understand seeing, you know, not seeing someone come back someday and having a twinge of guilt or shame or disappointment about yeah. that. Not just because you, that you lost someone, but what was my role in that? Yeah, it's tough, but, uh, in the end they did it to themselves. Um, so yeah, yeah you got have to put that in your head. Otherwise it'll just haunt you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and, and obviously that's a little bit heavier topic, but to all of the rest of the stuff that we've talked about today, you know, whether that's career changes or athletics or all of those things, you got to own your own journey, right? You ultimately are responsible for that. And, and whether we're talking about alcohol or changing careers or that boredom security that you choose, right? That's, that's on you. You have the choice and you have the ability to change that if you want to. And, um, which is cool it's, it's freeing and it's also <laughs> heavy and it's hard. It's challenging too. Oh yeah. Cool, man. Well, Hey, also I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that I got to the, the honor and the privilege to work with your mom for, for several years uh, when we lived in Thief river and I would assume she's going to listen to this episode. <laughs> so uh, Foda, I appreciate you. I, it's been too long and appreciate all of the things that you have instilled in your son, Joseph. So um, anyway, that's it. Awesome. 
I appreciate the uh, I appreciate podcasting for the first time ever. Maybe we'll do it again someday. Heck yeah. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate Yost coming on, sharing his story, his journey, Jamie. A, a lot of good stuff in there today. We didn't really know where that was going to go because um, there, there's just a lot of different directions. He's done a lot of really yeah. cool stuff in his life. And I was, I was really challenged. And this goes all the way back to kind of the beginning of that conversation was this idea of security or boredom right and or choosing to go and do something that is maybe more exciting more fulfilling whether that is in business or in life or in athletics regardless well and i think we touched on it at the end you know you brought it back to this idea like agency choice is the defining factor and it's so often when i'm working with with groups I, i end with you have to do something right it if we come in and talk to you about how much value there is in in paying attention to your in, your mindset or what your mental game looks like, and all it does is draw your attention there for today, it's not worth anything, right? It's it's good. It's a nice reminder that this is valuable, and maybe it will come back to you. But if you want it to matter in those high stress moments, you have have to practice it. You have to get good at it. You have to, you have to choose to choose, right? You have to choose to take action. And, and I think, you know, a lot of people, myself included talk about, man, I would like to, I hope to, I want to, what is stopping us from doing it? Most of the time I would wager it's a lack of trust or security, right? It's a, it's an insecure feeling personally, and I, like, that's why I respect and honor what Yost has done. Right. Cause he's like, no, I'm, you know, I'm going to sell the hotel because it doesn't line up with what I'm looking for in life. And then there's this period of time where I'm seeking, I'm f- not finding what it is, you know, but I'm going to, I'm going to go and seek out a business that's going to help me pay for my school. Like that's not the end game, but it's a step in the process. I'm going to go do the thing. You know, I just, there's so much in there that that comes back to all of performance, right? If we consider life to be our our performance field, you know, and the idea that you you still have to do the work, right? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who maybe know his story or know him and would say, "Oh, he's had it relatively easy. He grew up. He had this hotel. He sold it. He got to choose." Well. Parts of that are true, but you talked about the weight of all of those decisions also. And at a, we talked about at a young age, all the things that he had to sacrifice and to give up. And that don't, people don't always see the work, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's a good reminder for all of us that, especially in this day and age of comparison and social media and all of these things, out there right now it's like oh we see people or things and it's like oh i want that i i should be able to have that right now or we 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 resent those people because it's like oh they just got handed that thing well but yes he still had to make the the hotel go right like it could the second he became in charge of the hotel it could have bombed right it could have been mismanaged poorly run all these the work that the sacrifices that he made as a kid to understand what the details of the business were 
allowed him to be successful, right? So there's, you know, we, the 10,000 hours rule or whatever, like you have to put in the work so that when the opportunity falls into your lap, like some people might think you can make it go off, right? You can have success in it. And then you get the choice, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, you might be in a more fortunate position, but you can't just do nothing. Right. And I, I would say that's talent in some way, like let's bring it back to the sports lens. You might be blessed with high innate natural talent. It doesn't mean you're going to be successful. <laughs> you know, like right. it means you have an opportunity to be successful and maybe an even better opportunity than some other people, but that doesn't mean nothing is given. Right. It's, and well, I, I love what you said too, right, right there in terms of doing the work until that opportunity presents itself. Right. I think that's something for a lot of us, especially it's like, oh, I want to do this, this, or this, or I would like to, well, what are you doing to put yourself in a position that when it does present itself, you're, yeah. you're able to take that risk or that opportunity. And it's actually less of a risk because you've already done some of the work, right? He talked about in terms of like, Hey, I got this part-time, I started doing it even when I was doing something else. And then I realized I really liked it and I could make it go. And so I just did that. Right. Yeah. So I, what are you, I mean, that's, that's the challenge for me. And I think for you as, as listeners today is what are you doing to put yourself in positions to, to do those things that you want to do or make those changes, whether that be in life or in, in business or in athletics, whatever that is. And one of the things I would remind people of that we've talked about so many times, like when you start to put that out into the world, when you start to do that work, the opportunities start to find you, they come to you because you're looking for them in a way that you weren't when you didn't do the work. You know, it's like in the leadership council that I work with, we, we talk about invisible work, right? And the invisible work is what allows us when we're doing it all by ourselves to see the opportunities for the visible work, right? And then to be ready when the, when the opportunity shows up for us or, or lands in our lap, now it's time to go and do the thing. So there, there's a, there's a twofold, there's a compound here, right? Not only is the work required, but when you do the work, the opportunities show up because you're aware of them or you're looking for them in a way that you just aren't when you aren't in the middle of it. Yeah. Oh, I, it's really good stuff today. I, I had a blast talking to him and, and this is it, it's a little bit different angle than we have had in the past. So, uh, I appreciate Yost coming on and, and sharing his story and you as listeners, we appreciate you guys. We couldn't do it without you. And Jamie, I appreciate you every week showing up and doing the thing. Sometimes, you know, we, we've talked about this too. It's like, you got to keep doing the work. Right. And sometimes it doesn't always feel like we want to, but yeah. when we do, we're, we're refreshed and we're, we're poured into and, and filled up. So I appreciate you listeners. We appreciate you. And as always, advise up.